This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest, we're delighted to once again welcome to this program Harmeet Delon. Harmeet Delon is a partner at Delon Law Group based in San Francisco, California. Harmeet's focus is in commercial litigation, employment law, First Amendment rights, and election law matters. Harmeet Delon is also the founder of the Center for American Liberty. She is co-chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association and member of the Trump 2020 Advisory Council. Harmeet is a great champion of the First Amendment. We would like to clearly communicate the following disclaimer. Harmeet Dillon is not providing any legal advice to our listening audience. Harmeet Dillon, on behalf of America's Roundtable, we extend to you a very warm welcome. Welcome, Harmeet. Thank you for having me again. Hermit, this past week we had an opportunity to watch the first presidential debate between President Trump and Democrat presidential candidate Biden, moderated by Chris Wallace, the anchor of Fox News Sunday. There are two more presidential debates scheduled for October 15 and October 22nd, and there will be one debate between Vice President Pence and Senator Kamala Harris on October 7. The topics for the first debate this past week were announced by moderator, Mr. Wallace, who selected the following topics, Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden's records, the Supreme Court, the coronavirus pandemic, the economy, race, violence in cities, and the integrity of election. Hermit, what do you make of the presidential debate between President Trump and presidential candidate Biden this past week? And in your opinion, how did President Trump perform? I think the president did a great job in really aggressively pushing back against the series of falsehoods and false premises that Joe Biden put forward throughout his debate performance. And the other important fact here is that the president was doing double duty because not only was he fighting against Joe Biden's performance, which was rehearsing a series of lines that are false, but also against the moderator's bias, uh, which was pretty shocking. And, you know, going into this, supporters of the president were told, well, you know, Chris Wallace is with Fox News, so you can expect him to be a more conservative and fair and balanced debate moderator. But that was not the case. Throughout the debate, the moderator interrupted the president numerous times, uh, very few times for Joe Biden. He bailed out. Uh, Joe Biden's long ramblings by interrupting several times, and he even laughed and joked along with Joe Biden against the president. So I thought that was quite shameful. It was really a low point in uh, in moderation history. And despite that, the president clearly articulated his points, and you know I think exposed Joe Biden as a weak, unprepared, 
potential leader of our country. Um, and, you know, on Joe Biden's side, a lot of uh, annoying ticks like this uh, nervous laugh, derisive laugh that he has used in prior debates. That's sort of something that he falls back on. But it, it came across as fake and, and shallow. And, and finally, I will say that the president really did a good job getting under Joe Biden's skin because Biden lost his cool several times. Um, I don't think uh, in presidential debate history we've ever had one person call the other a liar, tell the other side to shut up, as Joe Biden did. Uh, and, and Biden also called the president a clown and a racist. So this is really not the decorum that we expect from a, a presidential candidate and former vice president of the United States. Hermit, we agree with your observation on moderator Chris Wallace's biased support of Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden in the past week's debate. Although Biden was criticizing every move by President Trump in response to the unprecedented China's coronavirus, Biden never said what he would have done if he was faced with the same crisis, and the moderator Wallace never pressed Biden to answer that question. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, again and again, Biden got away with not answering questions and pivoting to his shallow talking points. Court packing was one. The fact that uh, Biden is talking simultaneously critical of the president for uh, shutting down and destroying the economy and calling that the Trump economy, but then later in the debate saying that he would shut down the economy himself, uh, you know, the moderator's job is to call out contradictions like that. And we all have seen Chris Wallace do that very sharply on his show, on a Sunday show to the president and to others. And he, he never lets people get away with things like that, but he did that time and again with Joe Biden. And, you know, if you're an American who's undecided, and that really should be the audience for these debates as, as a critic, what is the undecided voter going to see there? Well, the undecided voter, if they're paying attention didn't hear a clear vision of uh, what Joe Biden's America would look like other than it would involve mask wearing and shutdowns. Joe Biden backed away from the Green New Deal, which his website says he endorses and which his running mate co-sponsored, again, something that Chris Wallace just let go, uh, incredibly. And so if you're really paying attention and you're a progressive uh, you should be very concerned that Joe Biden is saying things to you, to Bernie uh, Sanders supporters, to get them to support him, but that he doesn't mean them. So hopefully there will be some post-debate analysis on the left about that um, and, and other things like court packing, which, you know, simultaneously yesterday, Kamala Harris refused to answer that question repeatedly in news shows as well. Moderator Wallace asked Biden whether he called mayor of Portland and governor of Oregon to encourage them to ask for the National Guard in order to stop the violent protests. So Biden's answer about not holding an office is a lame excuse for not having engaged his fellow Democrats to de-escalate the violence, which is hurting America's citizens and businesses. It can be inferred that Biden could care less about law and order for the American people and more interested for any protests to continue and to finally place a blame on President Trump. It looked like, from, from the Biden's perspective, if, if I don't hold an office, I cannot take the credit. And what about the principled approach of doing the right thing? Well, I think that's right. I mean, you know, it, it's a tradition, like it or not, in our country that former leaders uh, in the White House and vice presidents 
do take an interest where appropriate in public affairs. Certainly, President Obama has done that repeatedly. He hasn't let the fact that he's a former president stop him. But somebody who's running for office, you know, he should be attempting to portray to voters that he is a leader and make the public feel comfortable with his exercise of maturity and leadership. Instead, what we saw was name-calling and uh, not my problem. And, you know, look, I I will say one thing for Joe Biden as points for him. Uh, The bar was set very low, potentially on purpose, by his team because of his bumbling, rambling, seemingly senile dementia-addled remarks over the past several months. And while he was somewhat halting and hesitant in places and seemed a little confused. Overall, his performance was much stronger than in prior outings, Uh, so much so that I think, you know, you now see all these members of the media urging that this be the last debate. I think that the left is pleased with his performance, no major gaffes or stumbles, and they would like this to be it. They would like to call a lid, as they put it, on the debates at this point. That tells you all you need to know. He got away with a series of lies, personal attacks and slurs against the president and against groups of people who support the president and got out without questions. And now he wants to leave it at that. Moving on to Capitol Hill, Harmeed, this past week in Washington, D.C., the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham from South Carolina released a letter from Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe. DNI Ratcliffe responded to Graham's request for intelligence community information regarding the FBI's handling of Crossfire Hurricane. Senator Lindsey stated, when seeking the truth in these matters, I quote, all things Russia in the 2016 campaign. And we find in this letter an official document from the Director of National Intelligence outlining what appears to be the beginnings of a failed coup d'etat attempt in the United States of America, an attempt to derail the Trump campaign in 2016 and the ensuing plethora of Democrat-led investigations costing millions of dollars uh, from the taxpayers. Harmit, what are we learning from this letter and also from the former FBI Director Comey's remarks at this past week's Senate hearings? Well, starting with Comey, Comey's performance in those hearings was kind of shocking, shockingly different than his 2017 performance, where he was very smug, uh, godlike, all-knowing. And this 2018 deposition testimony, which is behind closed doors uh, in the Senate Intelligence, which was sort of in the same line and defensive. But, but the hearings this week reflected a Comey who was, of course, in charge, but kind of shrugged and or did not recall some of these details. These details replete with lies, which were replete with lies that his own FBI had debunked and or raised questions about the source of the intelligence, and he claims not to have known and or that it doesn't matter. This is shocking, and this is very disappointing. And, you know, this is not covered enough, but among the disappointments is for me is whoever gave the president in transition the advice to keep these deep state, deep state operatives around, including but not limited to James Comey, his minions, but also many people who were hired to fill top positions in the DOJ. All complete disappointments, or worse. Well, thank you so much indeed for your 
important thoughts and uh, your feedback. Harmit, we appreciate you joining us on America's Roundtable, and uh, we certainly wish you continued success in the important mission uh, you're accomplishing uh, through Dillon Law Group, as well as the Center for American Liberty, and as co-chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association and member of the Trump 2020 Council. Thank you so much for joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Kermit. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.